0: Welcome to the Born to Write podcast, dedicated to writers, authors, and the art of storytelling. Go behind the scenes where writers reveal their ups and downs and how they finally shared their stories with the world. Now, here is your host, Azul Tirones. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Born to Write. Today, here we're Nicholas Barely. He's the CEO of Billion Dollar Body and the creator of the Billion Dollar Brotherhood. He's the host of his own podcast, uh, the BD podcast. He's an international speaker, the author of the modern day businessman, which we're going to talk about. And he went from being obese college dropout to fit and creating a seven figure business. He's, uh, he's married to this amazing woman named Amanda. I know because I followed him on social and Nicholas name and one of the top 30 under 30 influencers has been featured in numerous media outlets. This is Forbes and he's one of the top entrepreneurs in his space. He lives by the philosophy that if you trust your network, it's your network net worth. And he really does live that out. Uh, I know this because we have so many mutual friends. He lives in Southern California and we share st- the love of coffee. Nicholas, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, I appreciate it. And I appreciate you for putting this whole thing together. It's so interesting here in the intros because just three and a half years ago, I was cleaning carpets as my main source of income. That's where I was at in my life. I was married, couldn't provide. And the number one cause of shame in men, which is why I do what I do, is actually not being able to provide. That's the number one cause of men having shame inside of America, especially, but all over the world is the inability to be able to provide and protect for their family. And that was a huge thing that I went through. And it's so awesome now to be on the other side and be able to share things that can help speed up the process for other people.
0: This is great. This is why we're going to dive into the the modern day businessman, because I think you have so much to share for people who are learning how you can quickly make shifts in your life through the things you teach in your book, but also through your story. So, when When you say this, people are thinking, "Sure that's sure that's true and i I really know that from from your book, how easy it is for people to make assumptions about what they think other people are going through. Let's dive into your earlier part of your story, which is in your book about how you were were a kid that was overweight, obese, as you say, didn't have a lot of self-esteem what wasn't doing well in school. Bring us back to that moment so that people can understand that and and where you kind of rose from as we dive into the things that you talk about in your book.
1: Absolutely. Just a a few of the things that got me to where I was at was that my parents split up when I was four. And that was very difficult for me because at four, I didn't, I never got to know what a real family was supposed to be like, right? My reality of the life that I was living was based on what the life I was actually living. I thought everyone lived the same life. And, you know, it's interesting. We're almost like little scientific experiments, like growing up. I'm growing up with a broken family. Other people are growing up with a good family and we're spitting out the results and seeing what is the results of all of this. And we're in an interesting time now with social media and all that. So, at four years old, my parents split up. Seven years old, I felt the pressure of that. I wrote my first suicide letter. I didn't want to be around. Thir- a third grade came around, which I believe you're what, nine, 10 years old, somewhere right around there. And I had mass anxiety. My family, my parents' situations, I felt like I had to be, I had to hate my dad when I was with my mom because my mom hated my dad. When i with my dad, I had to act like I didn't like my mom because that's how I related to my parents. And it's a really interesting thing when you have to like live dual personalities at a young age. Gave me mass anxiety, stomach problems, and then it came to the point like you were talking about, where it was the straw that broke the camel's back? And again, that is my story. Reality, it is. And for everyone that's listening, I want the perspective to be there that if did my parents mean to do these things to me? Probably not. They love me. They didn't mean it. Yet, as a child, the brain that we have. Our perception is our reality. So even if we perceive things the wrong way, it is reality to us. If we think that a car is going to hit us, we flinch, even if there's not a car there. Our perception of what's happening inside of our minds is our current reality. And so I want to preface that before you know I talk about these terrible things in my life. I'm like, you know, did my dad actually neglect me? Sure, but a lot of times he was doing his best. And this is what I want everyone to know is like your parents might have done your their best as well. But your perception of what you went through was reality. And this led me to the point where the straw that broke the camel's back for me was my dad told me that I would never be the best at the number one thing that I want to do in my life. And that was race motocross. And that just gave me the excuse to hide. It gave me the excuse to give up. And I went and played video games for all of high school. I had 365 days played on one game. And I shut out my dad for my life. I gained 60 pounds. This was the time where I actually was clinically obese, being 60 pounds overweight I was, cur- I was 5'4 at the time. Now I'm 5'7. I think like nutrients helped me grow or something, which was pretty cool. <laughs> That's good. And, and I graduated with 1.8 GPA from high school. I just literally let my life unravel from that one moment and the pressures that I had growing up.
0: So, so this, this moment, this setting point really, where you use it as, as a place to kind of go hide. Um, a lot of people can relate to that. People who've been in a place of depression or having uh, moments where their life has brought them something different. What was it that triggered you? You talked about in your book, the shift that you made, where you decided that this wasn't going to be the way it was going to be.
1: You know, it's so interesting. Inside the book, I talk about the three-dimensional businessman, which really is a three-dimensional person. All of us have three areas of our lives we cannot outsource, meaning someone else can't do it for us. I work with business people, so they're all thinking like, who else can do this for me? I don't like sales. Who can do it for me? Yet inside of our life, no one's going to eat for you. No one's going to work out for you. You get help. You can get a plan. You can get meal prep, but the meal prep isn't going to keep you from eating the ice cream, and no one's going to force feed the food down your throat, and no one's going to slap it out of your hand. When it comes to relationships, like you don't want someone else being the husband to your wife or being the wife to your husband, like that would be super awkward. So there's the relationships, the health, and our mission and vision, how we're providing and making an impact in the world, are the three core areas that we cannot outsource. I always say, if you can't outsource them, you should probably get really good at them. But in those three, what are the ones that don't take other people? And I got so blessed that I ran into this first, which was my health. My health is the only part of my life that it doesn't take someone else. In relationship, it's two-way street. In business, it's definitely a two-way street. You're working with clients and customers and supply and demand and variables. Yet inside of our health, it's five core things, which I talk about in the book and break them down in depth, which is we have breath which if you don't, if you hold your breath for five minutes, you'll probably die. So that's probably important. Water, hydration, how much and what type. If we don't drink water, try not drinking water for a week. Don't actually do that because you probably die. And then all of a sudden it comes down to sleep. If you don't sleep for a week, you go mentally crazy. And then food and then exercise. And so many people have it flipped the other way they think, January 1, I need to exercise. And then they go, well, I should probably eat healthy too. And they neglect these other areas that actually produce the most amount of results. And so that first moment for me was listening to someone just like this. And this guy brought a bag of fruit that I talked about in the book. One bag of fruit out of his backpack showed it to me. And I I said, why did you bring fruit to school? Like we eat cinnamon rolls, we eat orange chicken, we eat uh, mini corn dogs with potato skins. This isn't what we do. And just for everyone to know, Just the fact that I even asked that question was outside of my comfort zone because when I would ask people for advice, it automatically showed everyone and brought attention to how fat, overweight, how big my man boobs were, how big my waist was, how chunky my face was. I wanted to hide. So just the fact that I asked him and he told me this, this shifted my life forever. This is how simple you could change yourself and others. He said, my boxing coach wants me to weigh in at the correct weight and be at the highest performance that I could be. So he put me on a meal plan. And mm-hmm. something clicked in that moment where I just thought, oh my goodness, if I have a plan and I follow it, I will get results. And not only that, it'll help me pr- perform at a higher level because I wasn't interested in this aesthetic wanting to do things just to look better, but to feel better. That was very interesting for me. And I discovered one, a core philosophy, which is, There's people out there right now that are motivated, like I was, but don't know the plan. I couldn't see the path forward, so I stayed stuck. And all I needed was a plan, something to follow. There's other people out there, which this is more common. They know what to do, but they have no motivation. These are people that they know everything about health and fitness, yet they don't go to the gym, and they don't eat healthy. They have no motivation, but they know what to do. And bridging the gap and discovering where you're at in the next step forward was the first step for me, and the first step was health, taking care of myself, We can only love others to the amount that we can love ourselves. What we hate in others is often what we hate in ourselves, and the standard we put on ourselves is the standard we put in others. There's a quote that says, if you want to take the speck out of your brother's or sister's eye, you should probably take the log out of yours, because you're only noticing it because you have the problem in a greater measure than they do. So the first step I focused on was my health.
0: That's really great. I think a lot of people think differently. They change other things first and you focus on your health. And, and that's where the beginning shift ha- started to happen for you. As you started to shift, you started to show up to a gym, you said the first time when you I think we were 19 and you started to, to gain some clarity in the way your body was looking and feeling. You talked about your connection to mentors. Let's talk a little bit about that and when those first mentors started to show up in your life.
1: And realize I didn't go to the gym. So I started losing weight at 17. I didn't go to the gym For people to understand how self-conscious I really was, and now to think that I speak on stages of over 5,000 people is just ridiculous, I wouldn't go to the gym because I was scared that someone I knew was going to be there, and they would see me not being able to know how to use any of the equipment or not be able to lift a lot of weight, and I thought once I become really fit and strong, then I'll go to the gym. But how do you get fit and strong without ever going to the gym? So it was this really hard problem that I was trying to solve. And I literally had to move out of my city, go to a gym with people that I never knew to start learning how to work out and get a personal trainer because I was so nervous of those moments. Yet, like you said, mentors and community, I call it, you have your climate, which is the people you surround yourself with, and your capacity together that equal your current results. So right now you have your capacity to become great in your life. Like there's things maybe you're not as good at technology as you are at communication. A lot of times when we first start out at something we suck at everything. You're not going to be good at anything the first time. So when I first started out in business and in life, I didn't know if like I didn't know if my body had the potential to be the fastest runner on the planet or if my brain had the potential to be the smartest person on the planet. I had no clue what my potential was. Yet what I did find was that my daily habits were dramatically impacted by the people that I surrounded myself with. So that's where I started first. Was that as I started getting more fit, I started looking for people in my life that were going forward. They looked like they were progressing. And I knew that if I could get around them and get away from my current friends that got me overweight, that got me insecure, that got me this, they were just low level people just like me. If I got that one person that was high level, they probably had friends like them because birds of a feather flock together. And I started realizing that just the community was amazing, yet I needed people that could pour into me, someone that had a covering, someone that wanted to give to me without expecting anything in return. And that's when I started naturally gravitating to people that were higher level that I could connect with and call mentors. And the first one, I remember still to this day, it was such an interesting time in my life. I was 18 years old, I had gotten fit at this point, and I remember going like, oh, I wanna get like around this one guy, he's like an influencer that no one would know on this podcast, and I had one friend that knew him, which is a tip, one friend that was connected to them. You're only one connection away, that's why I love community. I told my friend, if you ever go to lunch with this guy, Please invite me to come. I'll I'll go that way. So one day I get a call that he's in Orange County, which is about an hour and a half away from me in San Diego, and they're going to lunch. I had no clue I was even going to pay for lunch. I drove up there. Again, this wasn't easy for me. I was scared that if I showed up, they weren't going to let me eat at the same table as them, or they were going to be awkward, or I wasn't going to be cool enough, or there was all these fearful things that I was going to be judged. I was just easier to stay home, but I drove up there. We sat down and we got to connect and i would used any skill that I had to be able to ask questions and connect. And I got this influencer's phone number. And But I was too scared. I just said, hey, this is Nicholas. Like, thanks for lunch. And I never talked to him again. Well, one day, he wants people to go surf with him in San Clemente at night. So he sends out a text message. And I'm with one of my good friends. And we both get this text through my phone and I go, hey man, do you want to go surf and meet this influencer? And my friend goes, man, like it's going to be nighttime. I've never been there before. It's going to take so long to get there. I haven't eaten dinner yet. There's probably like 40 people that got invited and we're not even going to be able to talk to them and all these excuses. And I felt all those same things and those same fears, but I realized 50% of success is just showing up. And I'm saying this because everyone knows mentors are important. Getting them is a lot harder. And I showed up to this place at San Clemente at night, drove an hour and a half with a banana and a surfboard, and nobody else showed up. And I'm there with this influencer by myself, and I drop him off at the surf location. I drive my truck about a mile away. I park it. I skateboard all the way to the location. And at this point, it's sunset. I'm running down these trails to the beach. I didn't know at the time that if you get, if you're on the beach at night, you could go to jail, especially if you're in the water. I had no clue. So I show up at sunset. I have no clue where to paddle out. When you surf, there's places with rocks. There's places with reef. There's places with sand. And you don't even know where to go out. And this guy's already out surfing. And I'm jumping in the water at sunset. And I go out there and we start catching waves. It's pitch black out. It was supposed to be a full moon. It wasn't. It was overcast. And he goes, hey, Nicholas, I'm going to go inside. I'm going to go get some fruit. I'm going to like replenish myself. Well, I was stuck out there in the middle of the night not knowing how to paddle in in the middle of the ocean until 12 in the morning just to connect with this guy. And I was so freaked out because I hit rocks one time when I was surfing and I was like, I don't know how to get back into shore. And so I'm out there, it's pitch black. And he said one thing to me, he said, Nicholas, you know, I really wish you had come to London and Africa with me because I'm going to be going on a speaking tour and helping a bunch of people doing missions work. And me being so dumb and 18 at the time, I just said, you know what? I am going. And he looked at me and he's like, okay, it sounds good. Like, let's go in. I went home that night, drove all the way back. Like, ah, it was such an interesting time. I was so freaked out and like shocked. Five hours in the ocean's crazy at night when you think sharks are gonna eat you. And all of a sudden, a few months later, I met him in the airport in London. And that is how I, I got mentors and got around them. And what I found from it is that you adapt to whatever environment you're in. Some things are better caught than taught. When you can surround yourself with these mentors, They can not only help you and teach you about life and quicken the learning curve, but you can also pick up on things and giftings that they have. My speaking was terrible. No one understood what I was ever saying. I was unclear with my speech, and I was not confident. What did I do? I got a speaking mentor that I invested in for four years. His name is Cole Hatter. And I started picking up on his flow of language, on the stories that he would tell, his mannerisms, because I was around this mentor and I learned and submitted myself to him. And it was almost like my ceiling or his ceiling as a mentor became my floor. And that's what we help people do today is all the hundreds of thousands of dollars I've invested to be able to learn, that's my ceiling of life. And I allow other people to start off and that's their floor that they get to build upon.
0: That's really amazing. So, you know, these huge shifts that you've made by connecting yourself with these amazing people, learning from them, leveraging the relationships you've built. What's some of the advice you could look back now at, at your younger self? I mean, you're still fairly young. So, but, but looking back at the person you were just even a few years ago, what's the advice you would give yourself if you see someone just like you at that age, if you only had a moment or two?
1: Yeah. So. This is always really interesting because, one, I wouldn't change anything, so I would be fearful of that. But let's say I couldn't change anything, but I could just give great advice. I was just on the phone, actually, for an hour earlier this morning with a guy named Dean Graziosi, and he's partnered with Tony Robbins. And we were just talking about this as well. He's like, Nicholas, what would be the value if you were able to go back in time? Were you fearful of getting your message out there? Were you maybe afraid to write that book? Where you felt unqualified, like you weren't good enough, that you needed to make a certain amount of money and all these different things. And I was like, yes. And he's like, how long did that hold you back? And I'm like, well, my breakout year was 2016. So for years, four years in business, I was afraid to get my message out there. I was afraid that I was unqualified. I was afraid that I wasn't good enough. And because of that, I had these self limiting beliefs that held me back from my success. So the number one thing that I would go back and tell myself is I would allow, I would give myself permission to one, be able to get that message out there into the world because it's valid. And two, go and learn and submit myself to a leader and apply what they say. So many times I was stingy in my early years in business and I was like, you know what? I'm going to spend more time and less money. I don't want to invest in the proper blueprint. I don't want to get the help. I just want to consume free stuff because if I invest money, that means I'm losing. Other people are winning and I'm not. And I had a, a wrong mindset. I think I talk about it in the book as well. Which is the power of when money switches hands and to abbreviate in the whole stories in the book is that right now, if I if someone, let's say you right now were to give me a hundred dollars and I gave it to one of your listeners and they gave it to two other people and then it came back to you, if you you lost no money because it came back to you, but all of us allowed ourselves to increase value and and create a service for each other, but nobody actually lost any money. So like I thought when money left my hands that I lost it. Yet little did I know that that's actually how breakthrough happens and value is created when money is transferred, not when money is sitting in one area. That's when it's least valuable. So I would say that I would say you have permission to get your message out there to the world, and you have permission to hire that mentor to learn and submit and spend more time learning than I did back in the day.
0: That's really great. I think it's really difficult for people to think about giving from what they have. So it's it's a big shift in the mindset because you talk in your book about. What cost
1: me millions of dollars? Think about this. My breakout year was when I was 24 years old and I'd been in business since 20. So if I would have done the same things that I started doing when I was 24 years old, when I was 20, I would have started having success when I was 20 and a half or 21 years old. And, you know, three years into business, my first million dollar year, three years into my breakout. So like 2018 is first million dollar year. And so it was like, if you think about that, we flip the script and we think, so many of us think, oh, if I invest $10,000, or let's say some of the guys that invest $150,000 with me, they want me one-on-one, 150K, that's a lot of money. Yet, what did it cost me to spend four years not having the mentor? Well, it cost me a heck of a lot more than $150,000. So what I found is that the most successful people in the world have more fear for missed opportunity than failure. Right. They'd rather be in the game and fail because they're more afraid of the missed opportunity than they are of the failure. Because you could always right a wrong. But if you don't take any action, that's the worst thing you could do.
0: Right. So action is super important. Let's talk a little bit about this book because you, you obviously made a decision you're going to write this book. Uh, when did the idea come to you and how did you start to plan what you would curate into this conversation?
1: I think it's something like 87% of people want to write a book. And in my community of business owners, probably like 98% of people want to write a book. But some of the biggest fears that I have or had around it was that one, I was going to write something in it that I wouldn't believe in the future. Right? That was always a fear. The second thing is, is this going to be timely forever? And these were all things that kept me in paralysis, but I knew that, one, there's people out there that love videos, people out there that love audios just like this, people out there that love one-on-one trainings, and there's people out there that love to read. So first off, I was already missing a segment of people that I could impact by not having an ability to teach and give through reading. The second thing is everything that I was doing up to that point was $1,000 or more. And I was like, okay... How could I impact and reach more people by putting the things that I normally teach for $1,000 or $10,000 or $20,000 and break them down inside of a book so that other people can get their hands on it and it's going to be so good that the people that are right for the bigger programs that want to learn a different way will still invest the money. And how could I give more opportunity for the people out there? But the biggest thing for the, for the people out there that are like, they want to make the impact, they want to get the book out there, but they want to also have it be a part of their business, was that we've, even since launching the book, it's so interesting, we're in all the Barnes and Nobles. And I can't tell you like how many times we've gotten these messages where random people that we didn't know went to Barnes and Noble, looked at the books, picked out five. One of them was ours. They sat down, read it, left the other four on the table. Grabbed the modern day businessman, read it in a weekend, and then joined our community and invested two thousand, ten thousand dollars with us in a very short amount of time because of how much rapport and understanding can come through a book. Like it's it's so wild. Audios and podcasts, that's amazing. But not everyone loves it. Videos are amazing. Live events are amazing. Coaching's amazing. Yet written has been around for so long, and you can pack so much value in because everyone knows books are worth like twenty dollars and so you can't just go sell a book for like a million dollars right because people already understand that books are not a million dollars everyone has a a idea of how much books are yet inside of the books people value the information so much higher so it's been absolutely phenomenal for us with my goal was to have something that would go out there and build rapport with people so that they would take action and be more involved with our community and that's what we're seeing happen
0: that's great so Let's talk about the book writing process. Is this a book that you wrote, ghost, or did, was it so like collaborated with with you, or w- yep. what, what was it like for you to? Yeah, like, I'll tell go you exactly what it was like.
1: I'm at my I'm at my second year live event. We do annual live events called BDB Live, and I'm on stage, and we wanted to raise money for charity. And a sponsor who is my book publisher, which is actually Lifestyle Entrepreneur Press. So I went with a publisher personally, but it was it's like a hybrid pub- publisher. It's not like they have. You know, it's not like the traditional publisher, but it's not self publishing because I just couldn't get this thing done on my own. I was too much in my head. I needed the accountability. So I was just like, you need to help me. And we went on stage and he said, Nicholas, I want you to have this book done in a year. Will you accept this challenge to get this message out there in the world so that we give more money to charity? And I accepted that challenge. And that is how we started the journey. And I wrote the book 100% myself and we had people review it. But every chapter, I wrote every single word besides maybe some statistics that we threw in where I was missing the actual statistics. I wrote the entire thing. And then the publisher, who's a great friend of mine, Jesse, he helped come up with the vision of the the cover of the book, the colors and things like that taken from our brand. That's amazing.
0: That's really great because it is such a commitment to yourself when you put the book out there, when you choose to say, I'm going to do this, I want this to be my message, I always say that it's, it's the message you own. It's the conversation you want to own and be able to carry with you. Because if you don't have that message clear, it makes it more difficult to speak on a stage, to talk on a podcast. But you spent that time curating this message and working on it. Of course, your brand and your, your, your community has helped that as well. But obviously your book has helped that leverage. If someone's listening thinking, gosh, I, I want to write a book. I've been told I should write a book. I don't know if I, if it's worth it. What would you tell them? Don't. That's what I would say.
1: I'd be like, don't write a book. And a lot of them will be like, but I want to write a book. Like, I've been really wanting to do this for a long time. And I'm like, great. Now, like, then go do it. Because a lot of times when I say don't do it, people get all frustrated. And then they're like, no, like, this is what I know I'm supposed to do. And all of a sudden, they finally go and do it. So that's what I mean by don't. Is there's some people out there that maybe it's not your focus right now. Maybe you've been putting pressure on yourself to go out there and write a book when you should be focusing on other things first. And it's good if this talk gets you to go do that. But what I found is that I would put skin in the game. What can you do to give yourself accountability? Because it really doesn't take as much time or effort as you think. Like These are all things that you already know and believe. Like I would write a chapter every single day when I wrote my book. One chapter every day. Why? Because this is what I live. This is what I know. This is what I teach. I had the the chapter, the name of it, and I was like, great. I know exactly what I would say about that. These are the 12 things I want to talk about. Jesus had 12 disciples, 12 works for me too, 12 chapters. And I'm going to go out there and I'm going to expound on those things. And it really didn't take as much time as I thought. So how can you, what is keeping you from writing the book? And what can you put in place accountability wise to be able to do that? And that's why I got the publisher. The publisher wasn't because I needed help with something. The publisher is because I needed to put skin in the game. So that might be telling a friend, hey, hold my $5,000 and I get this back when I write this book. Right, like something to get your, the, the wheels moving, the action taking, and also figuring out how does this book, how does it affect your core mission in life? And that was, that was where it was hitting me is I knew that with launching this book was going to take our business and our impact to the next level. And when I started seeing how important that was, it raised on the priority list of the things that I needed to get done. Just like right now, I'm filming the audio book. There's people out there frothing at the mouth for the audio book. And I'm like, ah, this has to be a higher priority. We could get stuck in our day-to-day rituals and and our common things that we do every single day and allow life to live us, or we can take ground and we can start living life. And that's what I would say to do. Go out there and, and write the book. There's no reason not to.
0: Yeah, that's great advice. So I want people to know about you. Obviously, they should go get the book. It's available anywhere. You can buy books, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and things like this. Where would you send them to to learn more about what you do, your community, and get to know you?
1: The best place I would say is go type in the billion dollar body podcast because this has been a platform we were we launched in 2016. We have tons of amazing episodes. I literally bring in I've invested over 300k in all these different people to bring into the show to be able to teach you guys 100% free. And I know they already listen to audio, so that would be an amazing place to go get a bunch of free content, hear more about what we're doing, and also that'll direct you to our free Facebook group as well for for the different men out there that own businesses and want to own businesses, that is the best place to go is go check out the Billion Dollar Body Podcast.
0: Awesome. Nicholas, this has been so great. I know that you have a child on the way. and uh, Advance congratulations on that. It's a super big thing Thank in you. your life. And congratulations on this book. I wish you much success. I really enjoyed it. Please make sure those of you who, who haven't connected before or don't know, go get the book. It's really going to be useful to you. I appreciate you being here on this podcast. And it's uh, from born to right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Join me again for another interview for great authors who talk about their story, how they got there, and why they feel like they're born to write. Please subscribe to this podcast, leave an honest review, and you can always find me at CoachAzul.com.